Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW market update. My name is Anson Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Um, we are hitting all time highs again. Every show I do, we are hitting all time highs. I'm not convinced in this breakout, though. Even on the daily, down to the four hour, we're redlining all the momentum indicators. There's not a lot of volume on this latest push up. And uh, we did hit 11.675, which is now currently the all time high on Bitstamp. Um, but I'm not really buying this. We'll see where this goes over the next couple hours, but um, it's not. We'll see if there's any follow through. I don't know if there's going to be. I, I think some uh, there could be over the next 24 hours. We could retest back down to 10,000 again uh, before we have a true breakout at the start of this next week. Um, you know, we ran the shorts. We ran a f quite a few shorts off here, and we're going to run quite a few longs off the other direction before we can make a really solid breakout. It's just been too fast. Um, and we are in this new phase of moving fast in Bitcoin, but uh, it's still, t to my liking, it's just a little bit too fast, and I would like to see us run some some longs off. But anyway, yeah, we have hit all-time high. Market cap for Bitcoin is $194 billion that well now 195 billion dollars we are approaching that 200 billion dollar mark and we're going to easily get to 200 billion by the end of the year <laughs> and if you've been listening to the show for the last i don't know maybe a month ago or two months ago when we passed 100 billion i was like oh man this is going to be at 200 billion real quick and look where we're at we're pushing 200 billion dollar market cap for bitcoin the global Bitcoin market cap, that includes all altcoins, $347 billion. $347 billion. Holy crap, people. All right, so let's look at like futures and all that. We have, well, first off, so if uh, the Bitstamp or if Bitstamp's all-time high is $11,675, that means one finny is $1.16. And man. This is moving very quickly. And I love watching this new Finney number. Remember, that's one ten thousandth of a Bitcoin. $1.16. And we're going to see that at $2 pretty soon. And that's it's very easy once you talk about these smaller denominations to see how this could go to a $10 Finney pretty quickly. We're in this stage where this is a very good indicator and it's going to spark in those people's minds. You know, like if you're a new investor and... You see, oh my God, $11,000 Bitcoin or retail, a new retail investor. Um, you're going to see $11,000 and be like, oh man, that's a lot. But if you look and see one Finney is $1.16, I'm going to buy, you know, a hundred of those or something like that. They're going to start getting in just on the retail side. Now the big, uh, you know, professional investor side they're they don't care. Price doesn't really matter too much to them. They look at where it's going, right? What is the future uh, appreciation look like for this asset and it's uh, almost unlimited at this point i mean conservatively you could say 10x i think um, over the next couple years so <laughs> for them it doesn't really matter what the the baseline price is anyway okay so three month futures these are okex futures 11 9 24 at this exact moment that makes a premium of 300 dollars which is 
healthy, but a little bit overstretched because um, it was just $50 like two hours ago. So being a $300, a big move like this, I don't like to see the futures stretch out that much. Let's talk about 200 day moving average. This is Trace has been talking about this a lot and I've heard this on other podcasts and things. So I was going to add it into here. Um, 200 day moving average is sitting at 4,304. That leads to a multiple price to 200 day moving average at 2.6. And this can get as high as five. That's when we know it's overstretched. Um, anything around maybe two to four is within a good range. I'm going to be adding this in there. We're at 2.6 on this ratio. Bitcoin dominance price. <laughs> now I, I started talking about this as the loose Bitcoin price in the last couple shows because it was not really the Bitcoin price. It's um, all of the forks together. Um, but I think a Bitcoin dominance price kind of gets my thoughts through because that's what it is, man. This You're talking about a dominance index. Well, let's talk about real dominance. Bitcoin is the center of all of these things. Um, B gold has slipped down to sixth place. Dash has taken over. It's about half a billion dollar market cap ahead of B gold. And hey, whatever. <laughs> I haven't uh, sold my B gold dividends, but I might be doing that soon, depending on how um, it performs over the next week or so. I'm not in a huge rush to do it. I think this, the gold name, man, they just did a really bad job of this, but the gold name should have given them a lot more boost than it has from these gold bugs and people wanting to get into this. But um, yeah, anyway, so the Bitcoin dominance price is 13645 right now. Maximalist price. Let's, now remember, I'm, I'm quoting all these different prices in here. Um, you can look in the show notes to get an understanding of, I put all these things in the show notes down below, but I think these, these numbers are important. Everybody follows like different fundamentals and these are kind of the fundamentals that I think are important. So let's take a look at this maximalist price, 20,824, $20,000, 824. That tells me that the altcoins have had a little pump here. Altcoins have had a little bit of pump along with Bitcoin because Bitcoin was in increasing its its lead in this respect, where the the Bitcoin price was approaching was approaching this maximalist price. Um, but if we look at the Bitcoin dominance price, which is all of these forks included, um, you know that's thirteen thousand, and the maximalist price is twenty thousand. So that's like a 65% dominance index for Bitcoin. And that is going to approach closer and closer to 90%. There's all these different ratios in here. Average on-chain transaction value was 6,083. That's lower than I want to see. Oh man, that's not good. Um, but that's another thing that this breakout might not be a true breakout because it's not backed up by um, larger transactions on the blockchain. Um, okay, how about the BTC dollar value uh, transacted on the blockchain in the last 24 hours? We have one point right at 2 billion, which again is not nothing to write home about. Uh, so 2 billion transacted on the Bitcoin 
network in the last 24 hours. Let's take a look at difficulty. Okay, I have two. I've deprecated uh, SEPA's numbers because those have, I mean, they're still estimating negative 12%, which is not going to happen. Um, right now we have uh, two estimates, one at positive 14%, one at positive 15%, uh, I believe. So that that's about what we're going to see. I think maybe a, not quite that high, but if this price really takes off over the next three days this before this retarget happens, I mean, we could see the difficulty increasing by 15%. At the next retarget, that's in 15, uh, sorry, three days, plus 15%. So I like that. That tells me that there's a plus. Look at the, the hash rate is increasing on Bcash too. Even though Bitcoin is more profitable than mine right now, the hash rate on Bcash is, is pumping. These guys are mining, not necessarily at a loss, but they're mining unproductively, uh, inefficiently, because they're mining on the wrong coin eventually after this gets more and more expensive and, and their competition comes in and is mining Bitcoin, that hash rate that's dedicated to Bcash should decrease. And the, it'll be just like the other SHA-256 coins out there that share the same mining ASICs, the same mining hardware. It should be less than 1% of Bitcoin's difficulty. Bitcoin's hash rate should be on each one of these smaller forks. Because there's, there's like four or five now coins that are on SHA-256 and they are minuscule hash rate except for Bcash and it can't survive. There can only be one major coin on uh, long term on one algorithm. So they're probably over the next year, they're probably going to hard fork. Bcash is going to hard fork to a, a new algorithm. And I also expect them to hard fork the, the 21 million cap because they're a minor run coin. And there's no fundamentals underneath this. It's just Bitcoin is dragging everything along. It's kind of like if you see, I've, I've used this um, analogy of a boat's wake. So as a boat moves through the water, it has a wake where if you can get in the wake, you can actually be pulled along by the boat itself. And you only have to, uh, you have to do very little work to stay within that wake and get pulled along by it. Uh, so that's where I see Bcash, and that's where I see all altcoins are stuck in this wake. You know, if as soon as they emerge from the wake behind Bitcoin, they're going to have to face the brunt of these attacks. You know, government attacks, um, social attacks, all these things. And this is one of the things about Dash as well, talk, uh, talking about how Dash has come up into fifth place now on this, um, whatever is called ranking of the coins there. They, they, uh, they pride themselves on being a great governance, great community where there's no arguments. Everyone loves each other. It's all kumbaya over here. Well, guess what? That's because you're not being attacked. Bitcoin's covering you. As soon as you step out into the limelight, you try to emerge from underneath Bitcoin's shadow. You now have to face all of this stuff. All the attacks from governments and the social engineering attacks and, and all these things. Then you'll find out what it's like and why it's good to have this milieu of argument and debate. You know, Andreas said uh, a couple years ago, I think he had the sewer rat speech where he said that Bitcoin is a sewer rat. You know, it's exposed to every pathogen under the sun and it survives and it thrives. And it obviously procreates because now there's all these altcoins and forks and shit. But um, 
all these other altcoins, Dash included, is the bubble. They are the bubble boy in the wake of Bitcoin, insulated from the wide world reality. Bitcoin is the only coin that exists in reality. It faces real problems, real attacks. These altcoins do not. Even Bcash. Bcash does not. They, they are insulated in the wake of Bitcoin. So go ahead and invest in your altcoins. Go ahead and wait for altcoin season. It's not coming back. The boat is speeding up here, people. The boat is speeding up. These altcoins are going to have to make an effort to stay in the wake. And if you cannot make this effort to stay in the wake, these altcoins are going to fall off and be left behind and drown out in the, the, the world because they're not going to be protected by this wake anymore. They're not going to be pulled along. Bitcoin. All right, that's my little rant there. Um, mempool sitting at 12 megabytes. That is the transactions waiting to be confirmed in Bitcoin. It's had a little spike. Um, I think it was like last Friday or something, had a little spike and it's trending down. Remember, if you want to make cheaper, faster transactions on Bitcoin, wait for off periods. This would be uh, night hours, Western night hours, or uh, also weekends. Those are going to be the slower times on the Bitcoin network. So that's what I would recommend. All right. Um, nothing really to report with mempool. Guys, I think that it's healthy. And you know what? I'm not even con concerned until we get up to like uh, up to 60 to 80 megabytes anyway, because that's when we start seeing really high fees. Um, and if it is that high and you need to make a transaction, go to a good fee estimator site. Because a lot of these fee estimations in the wallets and stuff, are not are there no good you know so go to a real good fee estimator site before you make your bitcoin transaction when the mempool is really high because you will be wasting money we there lots of people uh, have tweeted about how they pay 15 dollars, and then other people will come back and respond to that say look i just made a transaction for three dollars because the fee estimation is off so go to a good fee estimation site before you make a transaction uh, OTC, well, I have LedgerX update here. LedgerX has had a good couple days or had a good day on Thursday uh, and Friday on their numbers. So it looks like this week they're going to be right around four, maybe four and a half million dollars for their volume on LedgerX. Good, good, solid numbers. Again, we had uh, two really good days this week on the 29th and the 30th. Lots of volume there. So uh, we'll see how this all-time high makes, uh, because, you know, Ledger has volume on Saturday and Sunday. So we did have a press release yesterday about CME futures starting to trade on 18 December. This is huge news. I linked to that in the show notes. Some little takeaways from this. It says the initial margin is going to be 35%. So you're not even going to be able to get to 3x leverage on these things. Um, also, there is a... Uh, the way that this, this trading is going to work. So if the price moves 7%, there's going to be a two minute pause on trading. Uh, then there's going to be an, another two minutes where you can trade, but you cannot trade outside of that 7% uh, move. So you cannot continue the move if 
for instance, uh, you know, it's moved to 10%, you cannot trade out there. Um, if that, if it's still at 7% after the next two minutes, then it, it opens up uh, to a higher percent all the way up to a 20% move for that day. But that's where it's capped out. Okay. And I thought that was interesting. I'm going to be looking into this more. I hope other people out there that are a little bit better with this, uh, you know, knowing the ins and outs of the futures markets and how this is going to be working. I hope they make some content that I can quote or listen to and pass on to you guys. Um, but I, 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 this is so bullish. I'm getting more and more bullish as this approaches the CME futures thing. And, you know, I started off saying that this was going to be just slightly bullish for Bitcoin. And now it's, it's this CME, CBOE, and NASDAQ are all going to be offering futures products, uh, cash settled stuff. So it's, it's not uh, directly connected to the price uh, of spot. If you want to short it, you got to buy the Bitcoin first to short it. Um, well, not short it uh, on the futures market, but if you want to do arbitrage in a short way, you have to buy the Bitcoin, right? So uh, that's just going to be, people are going to have to come in here and start buying Bitcoin just to arbitrage the short side. I want to talk about UTXO scaling really quick. I'm not an expert in this technical stuff either, but I thought it was something to look into if you guys are interested. So we're talk we talk about the block size all the time, but we never really talk about the UTXO set. That is all the endpoints. That's all the, the balances for each address uh, out there in Bitcoin. And that's all kept in a separate table. So it's really fast to access. So if, if you uh, if your full node sees a transaction, it can go through the UTXO set and, and check it. Instead of going through the whole blockchain, I mean, that would be impossible to go through the whole 400,000 blocks and look for one transaction. So or look for one endpoint of a transaction. So they're kept in the UTXO set. Uh, currently, the UTXOs are... Uh, I think it's at three, a little bit over three gigabytes of UTXOs, and it comes out to be um, roughly about 20 million UTXOs can fit into a gigabyte. So if you wanted to have one UTXO per person, right, of 7 billion people on this planet, you need, this is crazy, 350 gigabytes of this table, this lookup table, this UTXO set. 350 gigabytes and most people are if you want to have this be a spending currency where you spend it on payments on chain that each person is going to have multiple utxos multiple like 100 maybe per person i mean you're talking 35,000 gigabytes worth of so that'd be 35 terabytes in in basically ram i mean pretty quick access memory for your full node to be able to keep up that's ridiculous that is a big scaling issue it's bigger than the block size debate right now but the block size keeps this utxo set from growing in a really weird way and remember there's 2.1 quadrillion satoshis and if each of those satoshis is utxo you're talking like hundreds of thousands of terabytes of memory it's just way too big how do we do that? How do we solve that? Well, layer two doesn't create UTXOs. It does when you settle back to the blockchain, but you can do a million transactions without creating a UTXO. And then you settle the blockchain, you make two, right? Or something. So uh, much better, smarter scaling. And the more you learn about layer two, the more you find out this is the way to do it. 
It doesn't have to be necessarily Lightning. It could be just a purely centralized layer too, like Coinbase or any gambling site or Exotica, right? Exotica is a layer two. You deposit your Bitcoins. They have their own database that keeps your balances. And when you withdraw, then you would, then you have a, a transaction on the blockchain. So those are the ways to minimize this UTXO set. Also, SegWit gives a little bit of incentive to uh, use SegWit transactions and combine UTXOs. Bitcoin. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Special thanks to all my patrons. You guys are the greatest. I did release a little bit of content, about eight minutes of content on Patreon. If you haven't seen that, go go there and, and check it out. So that's all, guys. Thanks. See you. Thanks for listening.